Welcome to Quotable, a female millennial entrepreneur podcast. The show by and for female millennial entrepreneurs who are building and running thriving, successful businesses while living life to the fullest. I'm your host, Alessandra Polina, owner of Quotable Media Co., a PR and media company. After nearly 10 years of building a PR agency, I've learned a lot about business and entrepreneurship, but the most valuable things have always come through conversation with other women who have been in it too, and I want to share all of that with you. So sit back, fill your coffee cup up, and listen in. I'm so excited to have Sharice Shai Holmes on today. She is the business doula, and we're going to talk business today a bit, and I'm really excited. Thanks so much for coming on, Sharice. You're welcome. I'm looking forward to our discussion today. Thank you so much. Me too. Um, yeah, so let's start by, you can just give us your, your little intro. Tell us how you started your business, what it's all about, and kind of a little bit of that background there before we jump right in. Okay, so my name is Sharice. I'm the business doula. And what I really do is help women birth their businesses. Um, sometimes it is very much like childbirth, uh, struggling to figure out what to do, how to do it, when to do it. Um, so I'm kind of there to kind of guide you through the process. So I help women specifically learn how to monetize their expertise. And then I teach them how to create their signature coaching program and then learn how to land high ticket clients on repeat. So I help them do that without tech overwhelm, without ads, um, and just being mm. able to enjoy the process without the burnout. So my business ultimately got started though I was actually, I started off as a life coach. Mm. Um, and then it, I realized that I was attracting a lot of women who did want like mindset transformation type work, which is what I was focusing on. But a lot of them wanted me to specific, I wouldn't even say a lot, all of them wanted mm. me to help them with their business, which made sense when I, when I like look back at it in retrospect, because I have a bachelor's degree in business and accounting. I have a master's degree in business. I've done accounting, accounting, auditing, taxation for like 10 years. Like business is legitimately my jam. So <laughs> it was just kind of like, you see what's happening? Just lean in. Mm -hmm. So just, I just leaned in and I went with it and I decided to go fully into the business side of it and helping people create strategy and launch the program. So that's how it pretty much happened for me. Amazing. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people who like probably even know or are interested in seeking out a life coach, like happen to be business owners or kind of like high powered women who are interested in yes. creating the life that they want. And so it, it kind of makes sense that a lot of them would be business owners and a huge part of your life in that case is like your business and making sure that that's all of those things are running smoothly is going to make your life feel good. And so it's like a natural progression that that's where people wanted to focus probably. Right. Especially exactly. if you had that expertise too. And like that background. Yeah, and I didn't realize it. So they would be like, I really want to launch. Um, I think one of my very first one, she was an image consultant and she was like, I really want to launch a, a new service next year. So I literally helped her plan out her entire launch mm. and it just kind of evolved from there. Um, so the, the skills are already present. They're naturally there. And then, you know, clients just kept asking for help. And I was like, I probably should just, I don't know. I was scared at first. I didn't want to call <laughs> myself a business coach, even though I had the degrees and the actual experience in the workplace career wise mm -hmm. um, to lean in. But 
I'm going to tell you guys a long, long story, make it short. I used to call myself the resilient me and then it changed to the resilient CEO. And what happened was someone else, I guess, was using the name, the resilient CEO. Mm -hmm. And at the time I was still, you know, in the space of being a life coach, but heavily just teaching on business. And one of the person who owned the resilient CEO reached out and sent me a letter and said, you know, you can't use this name. Um, basically telling me I need to come up with a completely different name. Hmm. Now, the the name, the business doula had come to me like a year before, but I was so, like, I didn't want to step into it. It just sounded like a very large, <laughs> a large claim to call yourself the business doula. Hmm. So I was calling my, I was calling the business the resilient CEO and then just saying, I'm a business doula. Mm-hmm. So, but I realized over that entire time, no one was saying like, oh my God, the resilient CEO, I just love you. They're like, wow, you really are a business dude. Like you Hmm. really helped me birth this. That's what I was being known for. So it's almost like God forcing me (laughs) in the direction of like, just step into it. Yeah, it just made sense. You've already been calling yourself that. So just embrace it. So that really just kind of like pushed me over the edge to just go ahead and step into it. Yeah. Wow, amazing. So how, how did you if well I guess what so you already had life coaching clients you're already working with people obviously and had like an established business was there any kind of shift when you did like I know you said kind of everybody was already asking you to do business stuff but was there any kind of other shift when you officially kind of stepped into that business coach um like title or world or, or officially changed the business over in terms of like getting clients and how you found people or how they found you or um, kind of presenting yourself in that way? Oh, yeah, there was a massive shift. I think, one, because I finally wanted to step into my identity um, and embrace it completely rather than resist it. Mm-hmm. And so it was no longer, there was no longer confusion on who I was and what I was offering and who I could serve and how I could help them. So once you get that clarity, like that, your message and marketing becomes so spot on that the maybe if so in times past it was more like I would be focusing on something a theme for the month and then I would just get clients based on whatever I was talking about for the month Hmm. but when you switch and your 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 overall messaging is very clear you have your identity you know your goals like the ability to attract clients just amped up like 10 times more because I wasn't so much talking about anxiety one day and then talking about mindset and then talking, you know, just jumping around a lot. I was very, like, my message was so clear. It, I didn't struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, resonated with uh, the right like, people, too. Like, night and day for me, because having, like, a smaller audience, a lot of people would say, like, okay, you can't make four figures. You can't make five. You can't, you can't make 10K. Like, you just have, like, a, a, a you know, less than 4,000 people on your Instagram or whatever. And I was able to, the within three months of me switching, I had my first 10K month blew me away wow I did not know that would even be possible so yeah that was a a huge transition for me and then it it made me step into all of who I was so I had been holding back and I'm not a big fan of like websites and branding photos and pictures and you know I feel like that's like the bells and whistles whistles like the cutesy stuff of business not necessarily actual money makers but I went ahead and invested like um almost five figures on like branding, photography, my image consultant, the website, everything. 
Hmm. And I presented myself as I saw myself. And that made a huge difference for me of not just putting out what's okay or good enough, but actually how I want to be seen. Mm -hmm. So just investing in yourself, you know, kind of same things that you tell your clients to do. It's like you walking that walk and talking that talk for yourself and not being afraid of the investment, but knowing that it is an extension of your vibration out into the world of what people can receive when they expect to meet with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that stuff can be very, I mean, your the brand, your branding and messaging is, is very important. That can definitely up-level your company and, and your business, I think. I've seen it a lot. <laughs> I mean, because, yeah, you think it's like it's in your heart and you know exactly what it is that you do for people and why and your reasons and all of that, but it's harder for people to see that from the outside if you're not being really intentional about how you're presenting it, so... Exactly. It's really helpful. So I like what you said before, um, like that stuck with me, what you just said about how, you know, one of those clients, you basically helped map out how she should like her launch or whatever, um, for her business. And that that's kind of one of the things where you were like, okay, actually like I'm a business coach. Um, but I feel like a lot of times business coaches don't necessarily help you like actually with those tangible things of like, here's what you should do and how to do it. It's like a lot more like mindset and, um, like all of that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm curious, like, how do you work with clients in terms of like, like not to have this be like a promotion for your business, but that sounds a little bit unique to me. So I'm curious about it. Cause I feel like that's what we all need is someone to be like, yeah, so then do this and then do that and help actually yeah. map out those launches. To me, that sounds really helpful. So, so one of the things I teach, um, I call it the abundant biz Academy. The school of abundance, I like to call it, um, but it's very mm. much very strategy based. So I do have sections where I'm training. So I have a, a, a program that's called Heal and Sell. We focus very much on mindset. And then I have other programs that are like strategy step one, step two, step three. But I'm a big, huge believer in, to, like I tell my coaches, be who you needed, you know, who or what you needed three to five years ago when you're looking to create your coaching program. Mm -hmm. And so I know what I needed five years ago. I needed someone to sit me down and be like, okay, girl, this is the first step. This is the second step. This is the third one, right? Instead yeah. of me buying a million courses and spending all this money, getting let down by coaches. I've had coaches like literally bounce in the middle mm. of the coaching program. Oh I mean, I've paid for coaching and then the person like never showed up. We never met. No group coaching ever happened. Wow. So I'm like, okay, I've been through all these bad experiences. I know what not to do. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that's super important to me is being is being able to give clear instructions and directions on how you get from point A to point B. Mindset is definitely great. And it's, it's the foundation like of every single course that I create. We're going to spend a week or two or a module or two on mindset and it's, mindset gets sprinkled throughout. Mm -hmm. But crafting a program to launch takes serious dedication and work. And we can waste a lot of time trying to test and market and test and market and test and market. So I try to give them literally my blueprint of how I launch things. And as things change in the marketplace, I just tweak it and tweak the training and give them a different version of what's working right now. Mm -hmm. So I give them the scripts. I give them my sales script that I perfected and bombed and choked on. And then like, okay, I went from no's to like an 80% close rate on my sales call. Okay, this mm -hmm. is the script you guys need to use. 
Now, I don't use that anymore because I've got, like, it's ingrained, number one, and it's more conversational for me now. Mm -hmm. But I give them that. I say, okay, well, we're going to launch. You need to do a six-week plan at a minimum, especially if you have, like, no clients. Then we need to push out even further, maybe even eight weeks. We need to focus on overcoming objections, busting myths, um, Q&A. What kind of questions do they have? And let's curate content that's around that. So we can start to build the like, know, and trust factor. Okay, the next week we're working on this. So it's kind of like a breakdown, like what kind of emails are we working on? What specific things are we posting? What are our topics when we go live? Um, an entire strategy that needs to be built out because I want you to be successful. I don't have coaches having five-figure launches because I'm just teaching mindset. You have mm-hmm. to have mindset and strategy in order to be successful. Mm-hmm. Totally. Is, is my passion for sure. Uh, yeah, I love it. So is this a good way to kind of segue into like your system? So you say uh, success is a system, not a secret, and that you have like a three-step strategy for creating consistent success in your life and in your business. And I feel like that is something we all could use. <laughs> so okay. Is this a good segue to talk about that a little bit? Yes. So this is going to be, again, a little bit of a mixture of mindset and strategy. Well, hey, no, I mean, I'm all, all for I mindset. I mean, mindset is I, so important, obviously, I think, for, you know, business and, and being successful. So I don't mean to downplay that at all. <laughs> I just think, you know, I mean, I don't know. I think some of us have been in business for a long time, worked through a lot of mindset stuff already. Um, there's always more that comes up though, of course, like, as I'm sure you would probably say or agree. Um, but I think sometimes like if, you know, if someone like me is looking into like a coaching program, like I want to know that there is more than just mindset, I guess is kind of like what I was getting at. Um, but I mean, I'm still working on mindset stuff all the time too. So don't mean to downplay that for anybody listening. No, it's a continuous, we're always what I call a working process. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that never ends. As soon as it, I feel like every time you shift income levels, new limiting beliefs come mm-hmm. up. I'm like, ah, I thought I dealt with that. Oh, absolutely. Where'd you come from? You yeah. Know? Yep. So I, I, yeah, I, well, anyway, I'm just going to share this part as far as like the success formula. So the first yeah. thing for me was being authentic. Um, I grew up in a family that. I wouldn't say idolize, but put a lot of pressure on being successful. Hmm. And so I was fed a lot of the idea of what success looked like, what it sound like, and what I should be going after. And I found myself in like a stressful place to the point where I was sick a lot, like Hmm. in and out of the hospital um, with asthma, not able to breathe and stuff like that. Just really overworking myself. The last time I went to the ER was... was a while ago um I was working three jobs I had a tutoring job I was working for our church and I was working my full-time job and I was trying to build you know trying to get to the community trying to build my business and work my full-time job and I and I was going to school I was getting my Mm. MBA at the time wow so yeah so my body was exhausted and I was just running, 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 trying to be this version of success that, you know, my family had given to me. So eventually, obviously my body was like, yeah, no, that's not a good idea. We weren't created for this. So sit down. And I was in the hospital for three weeks. Oh my God. It was so bad. I could not like, you know how small hospital rooms are. Mm-hmm. I couldn't walk from the bed to the bathroom without my heart rate because they put a heart monitor on you because they don't want you to go into cardiac arrest. That's like the biggest thing when you have asthma. Wow. And 
my fiance literally my the the nurse came running in when I was trying to go to the bathroom I'm, and I'm moving slow like a snail and she's like her heart rate is too high like you guys need to wheelchair her or she told my fiance like you have to pick her up and physically carry her to the bathroom she cannot wow. walk because wow. my heart like I couldn't breathe so it was like the little bit of breath that I was taking to walk to the bathroom my heart was working so hard that experience totally changed everything for my idea of success and so I learned, like, I have to release whatever my family thinks is successful, and I have to be authentic. What does Sharice need to be successful? Some of us, we're running after the seven-figure business. We're trying to accomplish, you know, becoming the eight-figure business owner, whatever your, your goal is. Sometimes we have to realize maybe that isn't really your goal. That's just what somebody else told you. So be authentic. Like, what specifically do you need to be successful? For some people I know, they just want like a little acre of land or maybe even a quarter acre of land. They want to grow their own food. They want to have a successful online business that doesn't demand 100% of their time. Mm-hmm. Be able to, to, to spend time with family, take their kids places, enjoy nature, and that's good enough for them. That might be 200000 you know, or 100000 or something of like that nature, right? Mm-hmm. But you have to figure out what is your specific goal. So now moving to step two, which is where we get more into the strategy side of it is I like to use this formula to get clear on my actual income goal for the month. So we have our step one, which is be authentic and and determine your actual version of success, whatever that looks like to you. But now we're gonna take it from abstract, okay, I want this grandiose idea of success to like, okay, what does that look like in terms of making money? So if you said, okay, I need 200,000, 100,000, whatever, to become successful, you know, my version of success, mm-hmm. what does that look for me, look like for me in this current month? So the formula that I like to use is called G plus G plus G plus R. So your first G is what do you want to give? How, what do you want to grow is your next G and what do you want to gain? Hmm. And then the R is your responsibilities. Okay. So give, grow, gain in your responsibilities. And we're going to come up with your monthly income total. So responsibilities is the easiest one. So we're just going to do that one first. Just what is it, your monthly expenses? What are your responsibilities? You know, health insurance, mortgage, car note, kids activities, whatever's going on in your life, put that number in there. Okay. And then the next thing you want to focus on is what do you want to give? So in terms of give, we can think like, okay, a year from now, six months from now, or even just this month, you know, do I want to take my family on like a really nice vacation or do I want to surprise my girlfriend with a, um, like a girl's weekend for her birthday and she have a, a beautiful time or do I want to get my husband, you know, some new gift, whatever. So that's your give. Or do I want to give to the church or do I want to give to charity? Whatever your give is, that's, that's money you want to spend on other people outside of yourself. Okay. okay? That's your give. And then you have your grow. So your grow is what do I want to invest in me? So that's investing in, Hey, I actually have been, uh, social media, darn you, social media. Um, <laughs> I've been watching, I don't know how this got into my algorithm. I like watching dance videos cause I like to dance, but I saw this video of this woman doing some sort of aerial tricks and turns. It wrapped in some material hanging from the ceiling. And so I totally know what you mean. One. I can picture that too. Okay. <laughs> And so now my algorithm sends me all these videos. And yesterday I was like, 
Darn it, I'm gonna sign up for a class. I don't know if we've got one here in Chicago. Somebody's gotta do some aerial training. Like, so for me, that could be a personal growth. Like I, that doesn't necessarily relate to my business or anything else, but it's a growth goal for me. Like I wanna be flexible. I wanna be able to do splits. I wanna be able to turn tricks in the air and twirl around. I don't know if I'll be able to do it, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And then maybe there's something specific like, oh, I wanna invest in this coach. I wanna invest in this program. I want to um, invest in my website or branding or a photographer or something of that nature. You put that in your grow section. Mm-hmm. So you have your give, your grow, and then we have the last one, which is the gain. And the gain is a hundred percent about you. So if there's like a new bag that you saw, like I want to get this whatever bag that everybody wants, or <laughs> it depends on whatever your, your tastes are, or you want to take treat yourself to a spa treatment. Or mm-hmm. you want to go on, I want to go to Aruba next year for like the first week of mm-hmm. um, January. Mm-hmm. So that was in my my game, like for this month. What do I want to do with that? Now, it turns out I actually didn't realize it. I had a whole bunch of credits from during the pandemic when I had to cancel a bunch of mm. like flights. So this trip is basically not going to cost me as much as I thought. Like Amazing. nothing based on all the points I have and the credits that I have. But let's just say I put that in my game. Like I want to, you know, save $2,000 or something or make $2,000 extra this month. Mm-hmm. So I will put that in my game. So this is literally for you. And then I, what I want women to think about when they're looking at this number, if you find resistance while you're doing this, that's because a lot of times we don't like, we, we feel guilty when we are investing in ourselves and it has nothing to do with money or the family or helping other people. So that's something to be mindful of. And if this is like the smallest number out of all of your numbers, you might want to rethink that because mm-hmm. we have to invest in ourselves so we can show up powerfully, powerfully in all the other places in our lives. So now we have our give, our grow, our gain, and our responsibility number. We add all those numbers up. That's the goal that you want to hit for the month. Okay. Now, if you're a coach or um or if you're like an if you're a service provider or um it's easier to do it when you have products actually but if you're a service Mm -hmm. provider think of in terms of like how many calls do i need to book per month right based on your success rate of closing calls how many calls do i need to book per month based on my success rate that'll help me reach this goal and now we have a real plan so we're not on this roller coaster ride month to month trying to figure out you know, how am I going to make this money? Mm-hmm. A lot of times as service providers, the number one way we make money is scheduling events. you got to get in front of people, whether that's getting in front of people. Um, and I mean live. So that's going live on Instagram, Facebook, or you're on clubhouse or in-person events. You have to, you have to say, okay, I need to go to so many events, get in front of people. And then that'll help me book up, you know, maybe, I don't know, five, I don't know how many calls people like to do, five, 10, 15 mm-hmm. calls. Let's just say your rate is a 25% success rate. So all I need is like, let's say my goal is $5,000 a month. All I need is to land at least four calls a week. One of those calls, somebody's going to sign up. My program's $1,000. I just need to book at least 20 calls for the month and I'll have people sign up and I'll be able to hit my goal. So if you wanted to make like $4,000 for the month, 
Is yeah. that, did I? I'm no. Like, sometimes when you when you're good with matches, just like ah. That all know. that all totally makes sense, except for okay, twenty good. like twenty calls a month to me sounds like a, like a lot, but I don't have that kind of business. So <laughs> to me, like that's, that's kind of where. I'm, saying. I don't know. Yeah, that noise for me came from the idea of trying to find and set up like twenty calls a month. But yeah, I mean, I guess that would be my only question is like, I mean, what you said makes sense. You have to get in front of people, go to events things like that. Is there anything else? Like when somebody's like, yeah, but where am I going to find 20 people to set up a call with? Like, do you have any other tidbits there? Breaking down to just five calls a week. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure everybody has space for a 30 minute call five different times a week. So then I like to go and look at like my highest performing content and this takes me back to social media. Okay. So for me right now, Clubhouse is like really, really working. And I love Clubhouse because I don't have to get cute. I don't put any makeup on. Mm-hmm. I just to say, okay, look, this is my highest performing content on based on Instagram and my podcast or whatever. So these are the kind of topics that people are interested in, right? Um, there's another website. I always say it backwards. I think it's called Answer the Public. But you can t- it's either Answer the Public or no, we're just gonna go with Answer the Public. You can type in topics there huh, and okay. see what people are actually searching for to help you create. Um, content titles for your hmm. podcasts, your lives, rooms, even the speaking engagements and things like that. So mm-hmm. I know if I do one room for 30 minutes, let's just say I go on Clubhouse and talk for 30 minutes, I'm going to get at least three people. Maybe I'll say at least 40 people will show up. I'll get about three people that'll book a call with me. And of that, you know, two people, let's say one person doesn't show and two people actually do, mm-hmm. then one person's actually going to sign up with me. Wow. Yeah. That sounds so really amazing to have that kind of like numbers and that kind of like equation that you can be like, okay, one clubhouse, this many people, I can expect this many people to come to mm-hmm. a call. And every time I do a clubhouse, I can imagine that probably one person is going to sign up. Right. But we can literally do that with anything. If you're doing pop-ups or if you're meeting, you know how many people are going to come to your table. How many people do you need to, how long you need to be there for? How many people are actually going to book with you or at least book a discovery call or something of that nature? And you can just back into the numbers that way. And then it's more about creating time to schedule the events and just showing up. We got to share our message. We got to get in front of people so that we can build the like, know, and trust factor. They can feel our energy. They can hear inflections, tones of our voice. They can mm-hmm. visualize, do I want to work? This is somebody that I would like to work with, you know? Right. Because that's, a, this is, that's the quickest way. I've had people, okay, Instagram has been a little crazy, but I've had people listen to me for just 30 minutes and then sign up for a $5,000 package like the very next day. Oh, that's funny. I was just talking about that with somebody. Like, do you need to, basically, like, do you need to go from, like, doing some kind of, you know, like, for for example, (laughs) I did a free, um, so I have a PR agency, depending on how much you know me outside of this podcast. Um, So we did a pitch party, like, learning how to pitch yourself, your brand to the media. Um, Mm -hmm. And... And, like, we also have a PR course. So, basically, after we did the pitch party, I obviously, like, invited people, you know, told people about the PR course and told them they could join that if they want to do more. Um, And, yeah, so I've been thinking about, like, you know, people are like, well, nobody's going to go straight from, like, a free event to spending thousands of dollars on a course. Um, 
And I was like, well, I feel like they will. Like, they get to know me a lot um, from right. doing this live event and hearing me speak for an hour. And I don't really try. I try not to speak for an hour. But the whole thing, like, you know, we, we dedicate an hour to it, including, you know, questions and everything else. Um, but, yeah, so I don't know. I'm glad to hear you say that because I, I kind of feel the same way. I'm like, if somebody gets to know me enough and is interested enough in the topic and, like, what we're doing and knows that they need need what I offer right now for their business, I feel like they could. Mm-hmm. I feel like they could sign up for and, and yeah. buy something at that price point. It could totally happen. Um, I'm very big on having those one-on-one sales calls, though. So I usually just say... You know, right, that's a little different than like a one-on-one call. But yeah, I, right. I, I yeah. see what you're Your saying. conversion rate is going to be higher if someone feels like they're getting that one-on-one time with you um, versus like, okay, here's the link. You guys can sign up. I've actually done both. It, they both work. Mm-hmm. But my conversion, especially at a higher package, if I'm trying to, to push a $5,000 package... Sometimes people do need to have that, like, look me in my eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> this girl's not going to scam me type thing. But if I'm selling, like, a program for 700 900 like, that, for some reason, it doesn't require as much interaction with me. Hmm. Like, just being in the room with me, listening to me for 30 minutes is good enough. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so I think the price point matters. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so basically trying to get in front of a certain amount of people so that, you know, you can then, then, then inviting them basically to do a one-on-one call mm-hmm. and then knowing what your numbers are in terms of how many people are going to convert at that point, how many people are going to actually buy something or sign up for something after they have that call with you. And then you can kind of plug in those numbers depending on what your goals are each month or, or whenever, how, whatever the time frame is for your programs and trying to do something like this. You got it. That's how okay. we get off the hamster wheel. I mean, memberships too, but that's, <laughs> but that's a whole other conversation. Get off the hamster wheel of, Am I going to make, you know, what I need to make this month? You know, so it, it helps kind of transition from those that are in that part-time hobby space to, I could do this full time, you know, as a service provider. Products are obviously much easier to, to manage. I think when it comes to, marketing and knowing how much to put into your ad budget and then knowing how much traffic is going to come to your website and how many people are going to buy. I think that works a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, it can definitely be confusing, but I think it just the process works a little bit better than I think service providers are you, we're usually not into the numbers as much and that's where we kind of like struggle. Yeah. Or we wait until it's like, well, I mean, again, I don't know. I mean, like I have a very long-term kind of business like people sign on for a year or at least six Mm -hmm. months so I'm not really like bringing on clients very much very regularly Um, but I feel like for that kind of especially that kind of business where you're kind of constantly looking to bring people in it can be well or no I mean I feel like for for a long term like kind of a long-term contract kind of base business too it's kind of like only when you're like, oh, wait, all of a sudden, like, three of my clients are ending next month. Like, yeah. oh, shoot. Like, now, what do I do to make sure that I'm going to bring on enough new ones? And it's almost like you wait until it's too late because, like, you're busy right. with everything else when, you ha- when right. you're when you full. That's one thing I do encourage my clients to do, plan your paydays. So if you're launching quarterly, like, let's get this calendar out for 2022 and let's put the date. And then you say, okay, these are my paydays. All right, let's work backwards to launch. How long do you need to launch? Six weeks? Four weeks? Depends, obviously, on the number of people you already have in your pipeline and hot leads. But then you just work backwards. So that we're never caught off guard and like, oh, I mean, of course, somebody might send you an email and be like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't continue to work with you. Or, you know, can I put my my um, program on pause or something of that nature? That's why we want to encourage like fast action, full pay bonuses. 
um, so that he would just pay you in full and it's not mm. that sort of situation. Actually, he's never experienced that, but I, I've had clients who have experienced mm. that before they started working with me. And I was like, you need to qualify your clients better, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> plan your paydays for the year or how many times you want to launch and then just work backwards on how long it takes you to launch. And then that way you're never caught off guard with like, oh, shoot, you know. This cycle, this six-month cycle is ending. I need to get some more clients in. That definitely helps. Yeah. I'm all about stability. Yeah. As much as some of this is depth, it's going to fluctuate, but I'm all about creating stability so that you can get off your job if you want to um, or shift away from doing the part-time stuff and going into your dream and your purpose full-time. There's so much levels of creativity and insight and just pure joy that's gonna come from you doing what you love to do versus if you're working in a position that really just drains the heck out of you or you just don't care about it. Like you're indifferent about your job. It still affects your ability to perform in your business. Yeah, totally. So, Mm -hmm. oh shoot, there was something I was just gonna ask you and I forgot what it was. Um, (laughs) There was something related (laughs) to what you said that I was um, gonna ask something more about, but maybe it'll come to me later. Um, well, I could finish the third step. Oh, gosh. Yeah, sorry. Did we get off, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> we get off track? We're going, we're going back into mindset on this one. <laughs> okay, yes. Let's move so on to that. So we have be authentic, the first step, be authentic, and determine what success means to you. Then we have the formula for your income goal so we can hit that success. And then the third one is it's not negotiable. Like you're going to 100% bet on yourself mm-hmm. and strategize your plan. So it does no good if we work out all the numbers like we just did right now and you don't actually do the work. So I encourage everyone, like you need to do revenue generating activities, even if you're part time, at least one hour a day. And the revenue generating activities that I already gave you the first one, scheduling those events in person or virtual. That's like one Mm -hmm. of my top ones to make money. Of course, you can have email marketing, text message marketing. I mean, there's a whole much more you can do. But listen, you don't need to fix the copy on your website anymore. Like, I don't even know how people <laughs> look at my website. Most of the people that I get literally go to my acuity page. They book a call. And the first time they see anything from me is coming from, like, HoneyBook. They've never mm-hmm. visited the website. So focus on revenue-generating activities. That's it. Yes. Oh God. Yeah. No, that, and that's such a good one. And I feel like it sounds so obvious, but it's so often overlooked. I like, like, again, not to make this all personal, but mm-hmm. I feel like I'm always like, I'm not doing any of that. Like, again, it's a little <laughs> different because my clients are so long-term, but I, I will like right. come up for air after weeks and be like, oh, I've been really in, in it with like, you know, the client work and like actually getting done the things that need to get done day to day, like for mm-hmm. our clients and for like running the business. But I haven't actually done anything proactive in terms of those revenue generating things. I haven't done anything that's going to be bringing in new money or more money. And again, it's a little different because my clients like pay a monthly retainer. So it's like once they're signed on, obviously, like we are going to be making money every month from them. But it's just being conscious of of still being proactive about other ways to, to make sure you're actually yeah doing those money making activities still too and then you and you can break that down based on like your low ticket mid ticket high ticket um because you mentioned that you have a course so it sounds like you have a course in addition to the agency correct yeah yeah exactly 
So I'm, I'm assuming that's got to be like mid-ticket compared to signing up for the agency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can focus on your, your if the agency is solid and you don't have to constantly work on revenue generating activities, then you can just focus more on building out your product suite on the mid-ticket, low-ticket side. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Yeah, even just spend, that's where the time should be being spent for those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um. Oh, I was just I, I I just looked up by the way the um answerthepublic.com. That is amazing. I've never seen that before. I've never heard okay. of that before. It looks really it's fun. I'm gonna have some fun googling some I mean searching yeah, some that's terms where I in get here. My topics from. <laughs> that's amazing. Okay, yeah, so I love this. So you're gonna um I just wanna circle back one more time because you're saying like the main most important thing essentially is scheduling those events. Well, maybe not the main thing, like the mindset and, and your goals are equally as important. But for that second, like in terms of actually getting people, um, because again, I see that, I, I foresee that what people are are going to struggle with or ask about is like, yes, but how do I actually get those 20 phone calls like set up for the month yeah. or whatever? Um, you're saying schedule events and that could be a Facebook Live, Instagram Live obviously Mm -hmm. an in-person event if you can go somewhere where you have people in real life and just talk about one of your one of your topics that's kind of like is there anything else I'm missing there I would add to that I said Instagram's crazy so I've had people like see one reel and then like sign up for a five thousand dollar program wow but as far as like higher conversions happen better on clubhouse because people are Mm -hmm. listening intently and they're focused versus me going live at a random time and hoping people hop on Mm -hmm. so if you can the more intimate the room the better that's what i'm trying to say yeah oh my god i haven't used clubhouse in forever i used to like go on and listen i've never actually i've never actually like done a room or talked in clubhouse oh you gotta do it it's fun trying that (laughs) so you just go start a room by yourself or do you like do you personally do one like with another person so that their audience is like gonna be on there too or does it just show great great what do they call it using other people's audience opio opa (laughs) i don't know why i said oh other people's audiences (laughs) yes that's a great way to um expand your impact because when that person gets on with you and they're talking then it sends messages to all of their followers alerting them. But let me give you guys a hack in case you're like, mm-hmm. I only have five followers and my friends right. only have I'm, 10. I'm literally pulling what? it up right now. I don't know. Like, do I have any followers? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Um, you just need to be knowledgeable, which you are. So go and find clubs that interest you, okay. that are in alignment with your ideal client, right? And a lot of them like you have to agree to stay within the boundaries and guidelines of the club but a lot of them will allow you to just host rooms in their clubs sometimes i can get into a club that's got like a hundred thousand club members i don't have myself i don't have Mm. to be clubhouse famous i just need to go in a big club and host a room and then you get like 40 people showing up you know or 30 people showing up these people have never even heard of me before they're hearing about me for the first time right which is like like, the whole point your topic is cool let me slide in this room you know (laughs) yeah that's i i hadn't even thought i haven't even thought about using clubhouse in so long maybe i should go try to do that that sounds interesting i've been telling people don't give up on clubhouse i did too i literally did and i think like two months ago um 
someone that I met on Clubhouse, she asked me to do a meditation room with her. And then she's like, while we were in the meditation room, she was like, oh, can you share what you do? And then even just that brief, literally the entire room was about meditation. I was teaching a meditation technique because I do do mindset and stuff like that. And she was like playing, she plays like still drums or whatever. So we had like actual live meditation music. And at the end, she asked me to share my information. Well, of course, somebody's like, oh, you help women create their signature coaching programs? By the way, I'd love to chat with you. Oh, here's the link. Get on my calendar. And I was like, Sharice, you just need to go back to Clubhouse. I know it feels mm-hmm. like it's old, but <laughs> it's still working. So I haven't given up. But you know, the I will say this Clubhouse attendance is definitely down compared to oh, yeah. when I first got into it last year. Because you have like Twitter has their own version of the audio rooms. I think LinkedIn does. There's a lot more competitors out there. So if, if you have a larger following in the other platforms, check that out and try it. Maybe that works for you instead. But I really do appreciate like the newness still of Clubhouse. So mm-hmm. you're not fighting as much with the algorithm as we as we are on the other platforms. So Yeah. Okay. I just followed you on there. So maybe it will encourage me to, um, (laughs) to do it more and to pay attention Uh a bit. Um, no, I mean, yeah, there's something to be said for it. Right. I think that I, I kind of got out of it because, well, I didn't, it has to be, it had to be live. Right. And I was like, I, I would rather listen to a podcast. I felt like I would miss things or like not be able to stay on the whole time. And then I was like frustrated. I didn't get to like hear everything, but also what you can learn in here and the people you can connect to in a really like easy easy comparatively way like to be in the same room and like literally speaking with like really successful or famous people is like Mm -hmm. really cool so yeah it's something you're not gonna get on like instagram yeah yeah anywhere else yeah Yeah. so So, that's one of the reasons why i've like i've actually physically met people that in person this year that we became friends on clubhouse wow yes okay well I like that as one tangible takeaway from today if you know if somebody who hasn't used clubhouse yet goes and checks that out um personally I'm gonna try to spend a little time on it in the next couple days just because you've kind of re-inspired me to check that out um because I I mean yeah I was learning good stuff there's a lot in terms of like the PR space on there too like I was listening to conversations with you know the same media people that I'm pitching my clients for and like hearing straight from them like what they're talking like interested in hearing about right now what they're writing about those kinds of things which is so valuable so anyway if anyone's interested in that kind of stuff there's that's there too um the key though again is to find the clubs where your ideal client is hanging out mm -hmm. and the more people that are in the club the better because that means when you open a room more people are going to actually show up so that's the key just doing the research on that part awesome thank you so much for for going over all of this is there anything else that you feel like we should know before like anything else related to that kind of those three steps or um any of the stuff that we're talking about that I should be asking you um I pretty much shared everything but I will share my favorite quote by Carl Jung which is um until we call the unconscious conscious um we will call it fate and we will allow it to rule our lives Mm -hmm. and i think that that makes a huge difference in terms of especially new business owners is like the algorithm hates me Mm -hmm. my ads aren't working no one wants to sign up for my program okay a lot of it has to do with your belief system and the strategies that you're employing. Like they literally work together. 
So if you are doing all the things, right, you're doing all the strategy, but your belief system is out of whack, you won't get the results. Hmm. And vice versa, if all you're doing is hoping, wishing, believing, monitoring, uh, affirmationing, <laughs> quoting all these things and never doing the strategy, you're never going to get results. So yeah. you got to make the unconscious conscious and then stop calling it like, you know, oh, COVID, oh, this, oh, that. That's why my business isn't working. Yeah. No, Can't we got to put the two together. We got to marry the two together. And that's when we'll see real results. I love that. Yeah, so true. Um, I always ask people, what's is, is there one thing that you wish you had known more about when you first started your business? Um, that I had a real anxiety problem. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know how much I struggled with anxiety hmm. until I start I, my. I had so many businesses, you guys. Uh, but the tutoring one where I ended up landing in the hospital, a lot of that had to do with the stress and anxiety that hmm. I was not dealing with. Hmm. And that forced me to start dealing with the stress and dealing with the anxiety, which is how I ended up getting into the meditation side. But your emotions play such a big, huge role in that roller coaster ride um, that we put ourselves on in business. And I didn't understand how much my business mirrors my personal life. Hmm. So if I'm letting people run all over my boundaries in my personal life, then there's no, there's obviously that's why I allow my clients to call me all hours of the night and day. And I'm being the over devoting mother because I have to overprove myself to prove I'm a good coach so mm -hmm. that quote unquote, you know, you can think I'm worth it or in my personal life, I'm over giving so that you can love me. You know, those kinds of things. Like when I see things pop up in my business, I'm like, okay, let me take a step back because this is probably mirroring something for me in my personal life. And then now I can get to the root and address it so that I am not allowing self-sabotaging thoughts to come up and pretty much block me from being able to grow personally and on the business side. Your personal development is directly related to how much money you're going to make. If we're not doing the work internally, like, mm, just forget about it on the business side because <laughs> they are mirroring each other for sure. Mm. And I, that's one thing I literally did not know until you get into the crux of business. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's so true and so important. Um, is there it just off the top of your head? Is there like anywhere that you would suggest people go to start when it comes like if somebody's like, wow, I haven't done any mindset work, like <laughs> anything that you suggest people read or look at or even just think about if they're trying to just so do that you've probably heard this one before but she literally changed my life jen sincero you were a badass at making mm -hmm. money oh my god i got that on audio and i have the physical book and i let that thing play for months wow. i mean until i worked through the exercises until i was really able to shift my beliefs about money and honestly i think it took me about I did that for five months. I mean, I was consuming literally anything and everything I could get my hands on in terms of shifting my beliefs about around money. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was about five, six months. And then I launched a new program and I had made 3000 This is the first time this ever happened to me. I made $3,000 in four days and I cried. I have mm -hmm. never seen, I've never seen anybody in my family make that kind of money in a short amount of time. It was so funny. Like, one of my cousins was like, oh, wow, that's like drug dealer money. <laughs> you know, and I, like that's how foreign it is for anyone in my family to experience that. So 
that broke something off of me just kind of immersing myself into understanding the mechanics of my mind and being able to make money and the strategy behind it that really shifted the trajectory of my business and obviously my personal life so Mm -hmm. definitely I would start with that book she mentions more in there so I don't want to give too many but that Mm -hmm. one is my go-to get it on audible so that you can listen to it while you're driving around turn off whatever else you're listening to like you have to absorb it. I listened to it while I was cleaning. I would I garden a lot. Mm-hmm. So I, I listened to it while I was gardening. Like I just wanted to consume as much as I possibly could. I'll give one more. This one, I'm people give mixed reviews on this, so I'm just gonna say take it with a grain of salt. I am a Christian, so a lot of the stuff that she uses and talks about in there are very like Christian leaning principles, but mm-hmm. not. I won't go into the details of explaining that. But, uh, what's her name? Uh, what was her oh, name? This suspense F- is killing Florence, me now. Florence Scoville Shin. That's her oh. name. Florence Scoville Shin. Huh. She has quite a few books out there. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I've heard of her, which sound, like I feel like I oh, she's, know them all. She's, like, I believe early 30s, 1930s, maybe. Hmm. Um, I should know. We'll look it up. We'll look it up and we'll link something in the show notes so people can find her okay. um, and find some of the information because this is this is great. Thank you so much. Um, You're welcome. And oh, that book is called The Game of Life. So I think she, if I remember correctly, I think her books were coming out 1920, 1930s. Wow. So the language is different. Mm-hmm. It's very heavily like religious based. But a lot of the what she's teaching, um, you'll hear in like manifestation attraction type books. Um, but so that's why I say it's a, it's a mixed, you know, I know some people will like interchange the word God with universe or whatever works mm-hmm. for them. So that one, it's up to you, but definitely you can listen to, you were a badass at making money. But yeah, Francis, Florence Scoville Shin, The Game of Life. That's the book okay. that I started with, with her. Okay, awesome. The Game of Life and How to Play It. That's what the book is called. Okay. Amazing. Thank you so much. Um, okay, so tell people how can how can people get in touch with you? How can people find you if they want to just connect with you or ask questions, or obviously if they want to get involved with anything that you offer? Yeah, I love to hang out on Instagram, so you can find me there um, at the biz doula. So the biz b i z doula d o u l a. I do not deliver babies. I, I get that question <laughs> often, but oh. I do not. I help you birth your business. <laughs> so you can DM me there, send me messages. Um, and then of course you can hit my website if you want, which is thebizdoula.com. And that's pretty much where I'll be hanging out. If you guys want to send me a message, send me an email or inquire more about what I'm doing. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on today. This is great. Awesome. Thank you for the opportunity. I truly appreciate it. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe to Quotable, a female millennial entrepreneur podcast, wherever you listen. So you won't miss the next episode and leave a review on iTunes. So other people will be able to find us easily. Also, don't be shy to get in touch with me or anyone you've heard on the show. We're all about connecting and our Instagram handles and contact links are always in the show notes or online at quotablemediaco.com slash podcast. If you want to join the community of other female millennial entrepreneurs, join our Facebook group by searching female millennial entrepreneurs on Facebook. Talk to you soon and see you there.